Welcome to the StoryCraft Cafe. Come in, grab a cup of your favorite beverage, and get ready to join the storytelling conversation. StoryCraft Cafe is brought to you by Dabble, the ultimate cloud-based fiction writing software. Here we're going to bring together storytellers from all walks to encourage and Welcome empower in you once again to, to the StoryCraft Cafe podcast. Today we have a great topic for you. You know, whether you're a planner or a pantser, and we love to put people in one of those two camps, one thing that plagues every writer at one point or another is the topic of plot holes. When you're reading back over your novel and you realize you've left a hole big enough to fly a 747 through, what do you do? Today we're going to tackle that topic. What do you do when you discover one? And maybe we can pick up a thing or two about what to do in the writing to avoid those plot holes altogether. I hope you enjoy this. Be sure to check us out at storycraft.cafe. There's live events happening all the time. Interviews with authors that are bringing wisdom from their corners of the writing world. These writing challenge podcasts, all sorts of stuff. Storycraft.cafe. Now on to our show. And we are live, and we are late because this is going to be such a great show. We couldn't help but argue. But kick Steve out. (laughs) (laughs) And Steve just dropped off. But uh, I am your host, Hank Garner. With me today, as usual, Rick Partlow, Josh Hayes. Steve Bowyer was here, and looks like he just popped back on. There he's back. I was uh, I was trying to log in so that I could communicate <laughs> with people in the chat, and it went no. F you, you're gone. See you later. <laughs> womp 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 womp. Well, this is the uh, rewrite a novel in sixty days with Dabble Challenge, the podcast with eight eyes and all the heart. I like that <laughs> intro. I like that. Actually, what are you trying uh, to say, Hank? Since all of us, yeah, all of us are wearing glasses, so technically we have like sixteen eyes, right? (laughs) Well, yeah, no, yeah. So I tried to be clever, and my cleverness had a plot hole in it. (laughs) Ah, (laughs) Yeah, that's what you get. That's what you get. So today we're talking plot holes. And, um, you know, I, I wondered if this would be a good topic or not. And everyone has opinions about plot holes. Do plot holes matter? Because as Steve was saying a minute ago, you know, if you love characters and you're really engaged in character and following their journey, do plot intricacies really matter? Um, we're going to talk about it today. Um, I, I sent the guys uh, last night an article that I just stumbled on. Uh, like I think it was ten movies with with plot holes, um, and um, I was just looking over the article. Some of them uh, are kind of splitting hairs. Some of them, yeah. uh, you know, are giant plot holes that you could you know fly a seven forty seven through. And some of them uh, are movies, books that we all love, and we just give them a pass because we love them. So, um, what makes uh, what makes a story 
um, passable? What what allows us to give something a pass when it so obviously doesn't work plot wise? I think the biggest example of plot holes not mattering yeah. is Harry Potter. And there are because numerous. There are so yeah, and he's out. Look, <laughs> Steve, come back. Come back, Steve. I the, I the man that literally one, has Harry Potter tattoos. Disclaimer, I love Harry Potter. I've read the series. Doesn't sound like times. it. No, 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 no. Let me hey, let me trash and JK Rowling too. Hold on. Hold Open on. Door. Hold on. Um so uh, and it, you, you can look to multiple examples, but the busy biggest example I can find uh is the time turner um and it seems like every book they have a device like the time turner that they use for one book and then completely forget about it if they had the time i know steve you're gonna say something hold on put your hand out uh if you had the time turner why not why didn't dumbledore just use it to go back and fix what he'd done or, or he's very clear in the books that it can't be used for things even like saving Buckbeak. They went against Dumbledore's wishes, against yes. Dumbledore's rules. But Voldemort is killing like everyone. Isn't that a big enough thing? If you had a time turner and you had an opportunity to go back and kill Hitler, so many of us would say, yes, I would do it, but we don't know the repercussions. That's why there are time travel rules in everything from Star Trek to Harry Potter. Hot tub time machine. We don't know. Die hard. We could have a worse situation, but at least at this point, we've learned to cope with, deal with, and move past situations, even though they have repercussions. But like, most often, sorry, I'm so passionate about this because yes, Harry <laughs> Potter is my fandom, right? Um, most people that come up with plot holes for Harry Potter are basing it almost entirely on the movies, which in which completely fail the nuances involved in the decisions that were made and the things that happened. Why did Draco? Harry and them get sentenced to detention in the forbidden forest, which is a forbidden D like be totally dangerous. Right. Because Argus Filch was the one that wanted them to go there and he would rather string up people in a dungeon and torture them. Right. And then Hagrid continually has a complete miss. Like he doesn't understand how dangerous the beasts really are. So he thinks, Oh, this is fine. We'll bring the kids into the dungeon. Like Dumbledore didn't send him into the dungeon. Neither did Minerva. Like the movie sucked in terms of explaining the really good details that the books actually do a great job covering. Are there plot holes? I I would argue that a movie is not the right vehicle to interpret a book. For sure. You got it for for that fact specifically. They're currently talking about, and it might be um, nonsense, but they're currently talking about redoing the entire series as a television show where each season (laughs) season would be a book and it would allow them to actually delve into some of the deeper subjects that do exist in Harry Potter. Well, you know, they they make movies based on short stories and that's about the right length to make a movie on. So trying to make one of those huge massive Harry Potter books into a movie, they have to cut probably a lot two thirds of it. Hell the order of the Phoenix and even um, uh, 
the uh, the Goblet of Fire, those movies had like very minimal events from the book compared comparatively speaking like to the story there was so much more that happened in those books but yeah and anyway i'm glad i brought up harry potter just to throw us on a whole tangent of stuff anyway i didn't read harry potter so let's go something i i know get out of here steve (laughs) we'll we'll just say one more thing though like jk rowling acknowledged a lot of her plot holes throughout the course of the series. She didn't have the benefit that a lot of us indie writers have of writing an entire series before releasing a series. And, you know, even things like the Deathly Hallows, like those things should have been incorporated through books one through four in a way that they weren't. And if they were, like book seven would have made a lot more sense, but she was sort of retrospectively building the world because book one was written on napkins in a coffee shop. Right. And rejected over and over and over again. And so she didn't know what this was going to co- become. Uh, Star Wars. Hard to keep continuity yeah. on napkins. <laughs> right. It's hard to. Anyway, I'll shut up about Harry Potter now. Well, I, I have one other thing to say about Harry Potter. And, and you guys tell me if this is it, it qualifies as a plot hole or, or not. But um, in in the whole series, Voldemort cannot kill Harry using magic and that's the only thing he ever tries um could could he not have poisoned him could he not have gotten a gun into the mad into the the wizarding world and the shot him is why didn't he just shoot him right yeah why didn't he it's, just shoot england. Him? it's england they have really strict gun control they do have gun control <laughs> but you've got to filter of course with any fiction you've got to filter it through um just the world that was created right you've got yeah Ron Weasley's father, who is, he asked the question, what exactly is the purpose of a rubber duck, right? Like they're so ignorant of the muggle world. Um, you could question whether or not they think a, a, a gun's a toy, right? Like uh, one of the other bigger factors that I think often gets ignored about Harry is that Harry himself, spoiler, is a Horcrux. He is a piece of Voldemort's soul. And so there are so many things out there. Incorporate like a whore dog. Yes, like a whore dog. <laughs> okay. Even even yeah. like why do why do Petunia and Vernon hate him so much? We see that in book uh six when Ron has, or maybe it was book seven, when Ron is wearing the horcrux and he becomes this really violent thing, right? Like they they are experiencing the effects of Harry being a horcrux in that hatred for him. And so, um, how come Voldemort, his friends didn't hate him then? Um, that's a great question, but there's but there's probably deeper answers in that. Um, I don't know. I really don't. Um, those are some sort of plot holes that exist. But like, that was a great hole, Hank. Why didn't he shoot him? I right? If he would have shown up at friggin' Gryffindor, whatever, uh, whatever that, um, wherever they were, yeah. I can't remember the the name of that little town. Um, and just popped him with a magnum, it would have all been over. Of course, he was a wizard. He could have, like, wizarded away the bullet. But, like, why is every villain so completely useless when it comes to the hero of the show? Yeah. Why well, Why and- can they kill everyone but the one guy? We couldn't kill him, though, because he was part of him, right? Well, yeah, like, he didn't Voldemort know that. Didn't know that. Harry lived. Harry lived yeah. because he didn't recognize, you know, exactly what had happened in that moment of creating Horcrux. 
Maybe, so maybe, he, maybe he subconsciously knew that Harry was a Horcrux, and that's why he kept failing to kill him. And when you say Horcrux, I hear whore. <laughs> when I say it, I don't. And then I heard that's how he knew he was a whore in crux. <laughs> I'm giving all of you detention away. In the Forbidden Forest? In the yeah. Forbidden Forest. Right? But let's start Star Wars. Like three oh, points oh, to Gryffindor plot holes. <laughs> Star Wars oh. is one giant plot hole that they made story surrounding. Star, and Star Wars has so many plot holes because Lucas retconned everything after the <laughs> wrote three hundred books to explain why everything was the way it was, and then Disney went, "Nah, here's some new stuff, and it's all garbage." Yeah. It's all oh, even really- before before Disney, before any of the books, the first Star Wars movie. I don't care what Lucas says. He's a big fat liar. He did not know that Darth Vader was Luke's father. He did not know that Leia was Luke's sister. He didn't know any of that when he wrote the first, when he, he wrote the first star Wars movie. Uh, yeah. Well, if, he made, made all that stuff up on the fly. That's if why Luke was, if they sent Luke to hide uh, from his father, um, why send him to a planet that his father's from and not yeah. change his last name. Right. Why is Luke this peasant farmer boy and then you Princess Leia? Like what and, and why when they, they originally wrote he originally wrote Star Wars, did he have Luke being two years older than Leia and then say, Oh no, I knew all along they were twins? Right. <laughs> yeah. There, you know, I think that it yeah. suffers from uh we don't have a lot of forgiveness or grace for other people's work where we do for ourselves, right? We get to book three in a series. Rick's got a 12 book series. Um, how often do we get to a point in a series where we go, Man, I wish I would have done X, Y, or Z? And then we yeah. really kind of can't do it. Or yeah. we find that magical way of making it work. Right. Lucas got to book th- or to uh, episode three and he's like, oh, episode six. And he's like, man, it would be really great if he's like, does it work? Go back, check all the continuity. It works really loosely. I could I could pass it off. I don't blame him for not having planned it ahead of time because we've all been there as writers. But Just my, my, my beef. No, my beef with that is he didn't choose the best thing that would fit them and, and still be uh, dramatically effective. I read. Uh, back in 1981 or two, right after Empire came out, I read a. I'd just been born. <laughs> I hadn't been born yet. I, re- I read a speculation about what the last Return of the Jedi was going to be, what the plot would be, you know, how they bring all this together. And the speculation this guy wrote was 100 times better than anything Lucas came up with. And I'm well, like. You've heard the whole theory of the Gray Jedi, right? No, I haven't heard that one. I'm not going to do it justice, so I'm not even going into it. But my point is that <laughs> predictions and fan, like, they dive deep into things where, where I go, man, if they would just open up the writer's room or, you know, whatever it looks like in the movie field to some of the most diehard fans, we would get such better stories. Yeah. Because we're all sitting around, we're not looking at it for money. We're looking at it for like, this has been our entertainment for 35, 40 years. And if they just did this, man, everyone, it, but you know. Well, they, the guy had such a great explanation for the Clone Wars. that It was so much better than what actually happened. In his, in his version of it, the Jedis were all clones of original Force-sensitive people to make them, to, to use them as warriors. 
And that's why Luke felt that Darth Vader was telling the truth when he said he was his father, because he's his father's clone. Mm. And the guy's idea was that Luke's father had faked his own death and then become a famous bounty hunter, faking killing Jedis when he was actually bringing them into hiding, waiting for the time to come out when they return and help take back the, you know, the galaxy. And so with Luke's father was Boba Fett in that idea. Now I've got which would have made Boba Fett actually mean something to the plot, by the way. <laughs> which, which the movie, the, the show was the dumbest thing ever because the only reason we love Boba Fett was because he was that badass assassin that never. He had the little figure that launched the rocket. Yep, and then all of a sudden we have a real person inside this suit. No one cares about him. It doesn't, it, you know. Um, whether it was entertaining, I never understood why anyone cared about Boba Fett at I all. I don't either. I don't understand yeah. it. It, was it didn't toy. make any I'm sense to you. It was the toy. It's a little rocket. Kenner, Kenner really like snagged us with some of the toys. Um, yeah. I was going to say that I have a way of pulling in what we just talked about into the author world quite a bit, and that is um, that idea of uh, of hive mind thinking. We have a lot of authors with Athon who have wildly popular Patreon accounts. I'm talking about these guys make $50,000 a month on their Patreons. Wow. They don't need Kindle. They don't need Audible. They've got devoted fans. And what they do on their Patreons is they release sort of their books, chapters, and things ahead of time before we see them, before the public sees them. And the, the whole hive mind goes, you know what would be better? And then the author, he doesn't, he's not like sitting around going, yeah, but this is my baby. These are my darlings. He goes, if you think it'd be better and the whole group thinks it would be better, here's the direction the story's going. And that's why we see guys like Shirtaloon, Seth Ring, First to Fire, all of those guys. That's why they're so massive. Because Shirtaloon takes showers in his golden Lamborghini, right? Right. (laughs) But what they've done is they've brought their fans into it and the fans feel like they have um, attributed to the work so much that like, it feels like it's theirs. And of course, none of us necessarily have the opportunity to just like, I'm going to create a $50,000 a month Patreon. Like, I know that that's not like, that's a privilege. I'm going to go do that right now. (laughs) (laughs) But I think if if authors took took reviews a little more seriously and instead of just going, well, I don't care what a reviewer thinks. That's just one opinion. Well, guess what? If you've got 50 of the same opinion, they could be right. Yep. I've done that. I've taken, I've, I've, when somebody's putting a review, why, why did this happen? I've gone back in a later book and explained why that happened. Just trying to make it clear. The I have a plot hole I want to talk about, but speaking of taking a review con, uh, criticism, uh, there was one consistent negative um, review that I've received on Valor, and I can see it as a missing opportunity for me, although I didn't see it at the time. Um, is there's a, a character, a female character that goes through a pretty significant traumatic experience in the book um, where she's assaulted and um, she's suffering from that, but also from other things that happen in the mission. And uh, I had my main character interview her and um, the opportunity I missed was having the female 
uh, investigator that's working with my main character handle that interview because that's typically how it would be done. Um, and I got not a lot of negative reviews for that, but several people that basically pointed out it, she would have probably been more open to talking with a female uh, rather than a male in that particular instance. And uh, I was like, absolutely, you're right. I could have made that a little bit more impactful and a little bit more uh, true to life had I done that, but I didn't think about it at the time. So, I, Well, as that, your editor, who was also a counselor for 15 years, I'm sorry. I should have caught that too. Nah, yeah, well, you got the paper. That was the most important part of it. Yeah, right. Uh, but the plot hole thing, like the whole point of today's show is talking about finding plot holes and how do you fix them and and, and that kind of thing. And uh, I found a, a plot hole and talked about it on the show before in Weaponized as I'm writing the second book. And um, going back to the first book, I found that um, one of my characters uh, was basically doing things out of order and um, didn't have a uh, – a, a quantifiable reason for doing what he was doing. And in my mind, plot holes usually are something that <laughs> is missing from the motivation of the book or um, missing as an explanation. So those, those are the two big things that I look at as, as plot hole fundamentals. Is there something missing in character motivation or is there something missing by means of explanation of why something happens? And I found one of those in... Or is there a contradiction? It could be a contradiction, but um, I, I think more often they happen where you're missing context um, yeah. and it's not and it's not presented adequately um and that was one of the things i found in the, in the first book and so going back and fixing that took some time and took a little bit of rework but I, again that goes to the benefit of how we publish in that book one isn't published yet and yep. had i had i published book one first and then found the plot hole as I was writing book two, I would not have been able to fix it. And then I would have been kind of up shit Creek without a paddle, uh, trying to figure out how to retcon it. And, uh, so, but, but identifying those things, sometimes, I mean, sometimes you can identify them while you're writing them. I mean, a good editor will help you point some of that stuff out. Um, but if you're having just like a copy or a line edit, that editor might not find uh, those issues. Um, and that's one of the reasons I think the way that we write in this space is kind of uh, counterintuitive and, and almost counterproductive to writing plot hole less books because we're doing them so much and so fast that you can't do the I'll write a book and set it aside for six months and then come back and read it um, because doing that you can kind of disengage from what you're writing you can come back you can look at it again and read through it like you've never read it before and potentially find those things a lot easier than when when you're you're pumping out a hundred thousand word uh, uh, novel in a couple of months and you're just so close to it that you can't see those plot holes. I found that having the novel read to you allowed by a read one of those per, per read aloud programs that you know mm -hmm. reads a word file that you can catch some of those. Yeah. I've it before I don't do it as much as I used to since I have Athon editing my stuff, so I'm not like line editing it myself. 
but uh, yeah, it, it used it used to help you catch plot holes a lot. Dabble There's has a, a fantastic feature where it will read your manuscript to you. By the way, just for reference, ding. There's a there's a bit of a marriage between uh, what we were talking about with uh, Patreon Hive Mind and um, and what you were talking about with the points that you made. Um, actually, maybe it doesn't marry with that, but let me just say it anyway. Um, oftentimes, as writers, well, first of all, to touch on your hundred thousand words quickly thing, right? Like, there's a there's got to be a, a moment where you go, "What am I doing as an author?" Hmm. Am I looking to write something um, in the indie space that's going to last forever? Or am I writing the project that takes me to my next project? And am yeah. I, am I right? And, and unfortunately, in this world that we live in, since there are no guarantees, if we spend three years writing a book and getting it perfect, and then it doesn't do anything, right? we've just lost a whole lot of time and the money that we need, right? Oftentimes we think, you know, readers think that we're all rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. enough cons, talk to enough readers who don't understand that most writers, even the successful ones are writing sort of paycheck to paycheck. For sure. Yeah. Writing for your supper. Exactly. And so we have to remember that although we wish that we could write books without plot holes, if, if it still ends up with a 4.5 rating and, you know, over 500 reviews and, you know, whatever that is, if it still ends up and somebody That's goes, well, I found potholes, we go, that sucks for you. Let's move on. We're, we're right. going. To. Um, and plus, but, I mean, if you write a, if you write a lot of books in a, in a single universe, which I have done. Yeah. If, and you're doing it over a period of, 10 years or something, you're going to contradict yourself. There's yep. going to be. And the flowers. joy of what we do, especially Athon with, with you guys really all being Athon writers, if Hank ever turns in his books, um, we, uh, we have the benefit of you just sending us an email and this yeah. happens in all indie, right? Like if you're self-pubbing, you do it yourself with Athon. You send me an email and you say, I found this thing in book one I'd like to fix. And then we just change it. And the people who read book one already, they're going to be a little confused at some point, but if you do it right, you just, you just edit your book. I've gone back and edited my books before for new readers. Um, but the thing that I was going to say with, with plot holes is that oftentimes readers find quote unquote plot holes and it's, it's either lazy reading or impatience, mm. right? Like sometimes <laughs> is the way that the character perceives the thing that's happening and they don't understand that we're seeing things through the character's perspective and the character's wrong. And maybe 50,000 words from then they'll realize, oh, the character was wrong. Or two books from then in the kind of writing that we read, like, or we write, like you'll experience the character was wrong. But then we have to ask ourselves, is that worth it as authors? Well, and sometimes it's that they've missed something. Sure. Sometimes it's not a plot hole. It's that, that, like you're saying, maybe not paying attention. They're reading fast or they're just skimming through certain points. And maybe the plot hole that they experienced was mentioned in a sentence three chapters ago. Right. And they just, I mean, I've done that before where I'm reading a book and I get to a plot a point and I'm like, I don't understand this. Well, what did I, miss? I miss, I miss something, but, but then I'm the like, Yep. Yeah, uh, I, I, 
response is right. I, I missed something. I missed something, but whatever. It they got here, and I'm. You know, not- I see that. I see that a lot in movies too. People, especially more complex ones. People afterwards are saying, "Oh, this is a big plot." I'm like, "No, they they mentioned that specifically." Like, oh, yeah. I don't. Yeah, you weren't. Paying you just attention. weren't paying attention, <laughs> right? Exactly. Well, and but this happens uh, in part of our conversation last week. We were talking about a massive fantasy series that we were all kind of mm, meh yeah. on. Um, and uh-huh. I think Rick said that you know he got to a couple of books where he was just skipping over whole right. character arcs because he didn't care about those characters. Well, what if there was one of those one sentence? Um, you know, keys to to unlock this plot hole, and you just missed it. I'm not picking on yeah. you, Rick. I'm just saying that that I didn't it, even bother plot holes at that point. Well, like, well <laughs> but, but in that case, um, is it is it the reader's fault for not caring enough and just skipping over, or is it the writer's fault for not writing an engaging enough story that Rick didn't want to skip over whole chapters at a time. I mean, you know, that that's something we I think quibble it can, about, but I think it can go back and forth. I, I think it, when you look at whether it was the reader's fault or the author's fault, yeah. like, is this, is the something that you missed directly connected to the point of the book or is it a side character who, cut their hair off and you don't understand why they cut the hair off. Does it matter to the overall story of the book? There are like multiple threads that you can tackle multiple things that you multiple layers to any story. So is the plot hole to a priority layer? And if that's the point, if that's where the reader is like, I don't understand why they're here. Maybe that could have been that the author in their mind was like, I know why they're here. I think I've made it clear, but didn't maybe make it clear enough. But if it's something where it's like, why is eye color blue and it should have been red or something like that, that could, I mean, that could definitely be an author mistake. It could be an editor mistake. Um, But I, I think that especially if it comes to like the, the primary point of the book that should not be relegated to a sentence lost in a paragraph somewhere. You should be able to point to multiple sentences or multiple sequences or sections of the book where you're either explaining the whole or parts of the whole. So by the time the reader gets there, they've encountered it so many times that it's not a, it's not a, it's not a question in their mind. Well, you've also got high and mighty readers out there, and I don't mean to be down on readers. So I love all of you readers. You make us money and help us to do what we do. Yeah, I mean, you help us to do the things that we, the thing that we love doing. But you do have a lot of those readers out there whose only goal in life is to find the things wrong with the book and then tell everybody on Amazon, right? Right. The character's eyes were blue, and then later they were green. Who cares? I made a mistake. I'm writing this book, you know, and and don't always remember the the eye color, and then that results in a two star rating. Right. Or like, you know, they used a homonym wrong, you know, whatever, you know, <laughs> minus one star. And it's like, cool. I wrote 140,000 words. I got one word wrong. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I lost a star. And then I've got a series right now called the Dragon Blood Assassin, where it goes back and forth between a male perspective and a female perspective. It's read by Michael Kramer and Kate Reading. And um, I've got a bunch of fantastic narrators. They did a great job, man. And I've got a bunch of reviews from guys who just hated the female perspective. And uh, I know this is 2023. I know I'm not supposed to make these 
binary type claims, but scientifically hormones are different from male to female and the way that we respond to things are different male to female. And they simply didn't like that the female had emotions that were expressed that the male character doesn't express. No, I'm a married man for 20 years. I deal with things differently than my wife deals with things. And I think all of us have experienced that. And I know that when I approach something in one way, my wife's going to approach something in another way. And you just get these reviews where you go, can you let your misogynism or whatever that word is? uh, Can you, can you just misogyny? Thank you. Can you let your misogyny, like just just tamp it down a little bit for this review? (laughs) And then they go, I skipped all of the Natisse chapters. And I'm like, well, no wonder you didn't get the story. Right. Right. (laughs) You skipped 50% of it. We're not rehashing the whole story from both perspectives. That's called bad writing. Right. Right. Well, if, if we're editing our novels and we're looking for plot holes or inconsistencies or, or however you want to uh, frame that, how do you tell the difference in a plot hole and just maybe a missed opportunity. Um, I'll give you a, a for instance, and maybe it's not a good for instance, but I was in one of these articles I was looking at about plot holes. They they referenced the Matrix, and they were talking about the the human farm, uh, you know that uh, that was going on in the Matrix, and they were like, you know, it they could have used cows, and if they would have used cows. You would have gotten more energy and probably that, wouldn't have had to worry about the the chosen one, you know. That's meme. been explained actually. It was it was a it was a decision by the, the Wachowskis originally wanted to make the humans not batteries like they wound up being. They wanted right. to make them computers. They want to use their brains for computing power, which would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. And it also would have made the matrix make a lot more sense. But the producers were worried that the the people, the, the, the audience wouldn't understand that. Yeah. And they've made them change it, which well, made the movie worse. Well, even if you didn't have that explanation, and that's a that's a valid explanation, but even if you didn't have that, um, would that have been a plot hole or would that have just been maybe a missed opportunity or maybe not the the best solution. I mean, that's yeah, not, not necessarily a plot hole because it, it works hole, for no. what it is. I think, I think when you look at, at story, there's always going to be a different way that you can tell the story or an all, always going to be a different way to solve a particular problem or to set up a particular issue. There's always going to be a different way. So, I think like for me, when I go back through and I look at things, um, I I go back through in layers and look at it in layers. Is this a plot issue? Is this a character issue? Is this that I had a conversation in the wrong order and I try to fix those as I go through? But I mean, you're, I don't think that you could ever completely get rid of plot holes, uh, nor should you. I mean, you're going to write the best book that you can. You're going to you're going to try to get everything to line up, but you're never going. If somebody says, "Well, why didn't they just do this?" The, the really the answer is, well, "I didn't think of that." 
I thought of this. And that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean it's a plot hole or a missed opportunity. You're just writing your story. And, and that is the way that you chose to deal with or that your characters chose to deal with the specific issue. There's always going to be different ways to do it. Um, you know, it's like when you look at any any story that they're going against a government agency, right? And the government agents, like you mentioned, the 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 villains being dumb and all the the they 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 can kill everybody, or they're having a shootout and they kill everybody but the main character. Right. And it's like watching a John Wick movie, right? John Wick should have died in the first movie. Um, like that like that could be a plot hole because like and like a big plot hole or or plot armor as the case may be is this kevlar suit right like he puts on this kevlar suit and he holds his arm up like this and he's blocking bullets okay he's not going to get shot but there's still kinetic energy or he's not right. get, they're not going to penetrate there's still kinetic energy if even a bulletproof vest that's two inches thick is going to bruise your sternum when you get hit because of the kinetic energy he's holding up his arm his arm's going to be shattered in nine different places because of the impacts that he's taking. Is that a plot yeah. hole? I don't know if it's a plot hole. It's, no, it's not great writing, right? He has Wonder uh, Woman's bracelets. Yeah, yeah but, but it, but it know, does it, make for an interesting story. And that, that was my, my second point yeah. is that sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes it, it, it could just be that you're writing an entertaining story. And, and we talked about this in our writing meeting yesterday. Look at Twilight. Look at Fifty Shades of Grey. Look at any book that has been ma the, 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 uh, the Da Vinci Code. Those books have huge plot holes. They have bad writing. They, they have horrible characterization, but they were wildly popular and people enjoyed reading them. So I stand on a hill of sometimes it just doesn't matter. It's very uh, true. You you can write an engaging story. You can have a fun story. It could be bad writing. It could have be full of plot holes, and people will love it. Um, now, again, you want to write the, the best story that you can, obviously, but sometimes it doesn't matter. And sometimes people are just going to hate it just to hate it. You know, there's people that hate Harry Potter just because of Harry, like they don't like it. You know, it, it, it is. Harry Potter would have been da 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 da. da All da, Potters da. are dead. Da da. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? That would have been the Potter story if he would have shot him with a gun. Right. Yeah. Story is because Voldemort didn't shoot him with a gun. Right. Right. See, that's that's. I don't consider that a plot hole. Like like Hank was saying, that's just a different decision. It's like right. a real plot hole. One that I thought of um, that wasn't mentioned in that that article, which I thought the article was kind of stupid, but the ones that the, the article was stupid. I, it, the, a real plot hole is in Tenet. I don't know if you saw Tenet, but I there was did a not see Tenet. Well, there's yeah, there's a big deal. I love Tenet. There's a big deal made in Tenet early on. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. There's a big deal made about if you are going backwards in time if you're doing that that you have to wear like a respirator because you can't breathe the air and then later on the protagonist is going backwards in time doing that car chase thing without any respirator and i'm like well how is he breathing then yeah <laughs> well tenet is another example well i think a lot of nolan uh christopher nolan is it christopher nolan? yeah a yeah, lot of christopher you, nolan, you ryan. nolan ryan weren't you? nolan ryan yeah <laughs> a lot of nolan ryan's pitching um a lot of could have been yeah. used in the matrix. Yeah. A lot of his movies um, are entertainment and the, the plot, so they to speak, it, 
is is kind of secondary, right? Like they're in Inception, the idea just the concept of Inception was cool. So it didn't matter that there's a whole bunch of plot holes in that movie. Um, I mean, Inception, I watch Inception for the ending because I think the ending is freaking phenomenal. It's one of the best endings he's ever done. But there's plot holes all through that movie, but it doesn't yeah. matter because the concept was so cool that people liked it. Avatar has some of the biggest plot holes ever in the history of plot holes. And it made a gazillion billion dollars, and it was number one worldwide, and so is number the at the second one. Um, and so sometimes, like I go back to the statement I just made, sometimes it doesn't matter if you write an entertaining story and people like it. The plot holes don't matter. So we just so what up. I'm what I'm getting is that Josh is advocating for character over plot, or or intriguing story, intriguing. In, intriguing I mean. A, a good character will carry you through a crappy plot 100%. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at uh, my biggest example of this is the Dark Tower series. Book one through four have phenomenal stories, have phenomenal characters, have a great setting. The other books, the, the last three books, have horrible stories, but you still read them because the character of Eddie and Susanna and Oi and the gunslinger are so great that you're just following them through the story. I think something important when we're, when we're doing um, conversations like this, we often talk as authors to authors and we bring up all of these things. Like we talk about the difference between plot holes, plot armor and missed opportunities and all of that. But the reality is readers don't always know the difference. 100%. And so while we're going to split hairs over these things, they're not going to split hairs over these things. Um, in lit RPG, for instance, you're not allowed, your character's not allowed to make mistakes. Your character has to meta the game all the time. And if he doesn't do the exact best thing in a scenario, the readers are like, well, he's an idiot. He should have done X, Y, or Z. And my argument, of course, doesn't matter because I don't get to speak to every lit RPG reader on earth, is that as human beings, we don't always make the best decision. I'm sitting at a desk right now that I put together wrong. <laughs> and desk has been my desk for over a year and if this were a a book people would go well, why didn't the idiot put it together right to begin with well right. because the idiot put it together wrong and then put it all of his stuff on it before he realized that it was wrong and it still functions as a desk and i don't he really is too lazy to take all the stuff off <laughs> Right? Like we don't do things the, the correct way. Dresden, well, he used this spell, the time turner. They used this during this book. How come they didn't use it? to? Because in split moment decisions, we don't always remember the things that we did that worked last time. You know, that's a great example of, of you know, just m making decisions in general in, in a stressful situation is really tough. It's really tough, especially when you have seconds. Um, you know, I, I was a cop for 11 years and there are a lot of times you have to make a decision with absolutely no time to think about it. You just have to act. Sometimes you make the great one. Sometimes you make a bad one. Sometimes you make a mediocre one and then you go back later and you're like, man, if I would have done this, this or this. Um, so so sometimes your plot hole could have been that you purposely wrote the character to make a bad decision. And um, like you, you mentioned uh, lit RPG, not, 
not really having conflict. I mean, the star Star Trek, the next generation and the original Star Trek were written because Gene Roddenberry specifically said, we cannot have character conflict in these stories. And that's purposely why it was written that way. Um, and when mentioning whether or not readers get it, my wife and I watch a lot of like episodic TV. We're watching manifest right now. She's not an author at all. And there's a scene in one of the shows where they go, they're trying to find a bomb. I was on the bomb squad for like five years. I, I've built bombs. I've taken them apart. Uh, I've, I can look at them and go, this is what it is. This bomb was such a, a I mean, I, I, I almost fell off the couch laughing because it was so dumb. Um, but my wife had no context of why it was dumb. Because she is not a bomb tech. She has never worked around that kind of stuff. She's never even seen a bomb. And so that, in that aspect, was entertaining to 98, 99% of people that are going to watch that program have no context of why it was stupid. Um, and Did they snip the red wire or blue wire? Huh. I they did snip a wire, which was really dumb. Uh, and they, you know they they had the bomb suits on, and they walked right up to this cart, popped the panel off, and cut the wire without taking an X-ray, without clearing the area, without identifying the piece of the part. Like they just did everything wrong. Yeah, but but only you, you knew. But that only that I wrong. knew that, right? Yeah. And so well, a the lot Matrix of times, was based on an insane thought about what hacking looks like. One hundred percent. Right. I have Jeff, the game master is a series of mine and it's based upon a guy manipulating code. And I know how to write code. I wrote C plus plus. I wrote the, the visual basics. I wrote code for years, Java, right? I know what code looks like, but readers don't know what code looks like. So I made it fantastical, right? For it's sure. numbers and shit and one's one color and one's another color. <laughs> and every now and then I get a coder review going, this guy doesn't know coding. I'm like, I know coding <laughs> Coding is boring as hell. That's why I'm right. not a coder. Right. A right. lot of coding is just copy and pasting anyway. That's why that's why in movies, that's why in movies, especially for like the nineties, hacking is is nothing like it really was. You know, people like doing those I mean I remember there's one NCIS episode episode where the two people were on the same keyboard so they could type faster to hack something. <laughs> Do you remember the movie Swordfish with John yes. Travolta well, and, yeah. Huge, and he's oh, doing yeah. like I he's got eight, he's got yeah true he's got like eight screens and like five keyboards and he's like doing a dance yeah. and he's typing and I'm like it doesn't work like that and I'm not even a hacker but it was really cool to look at. The way it works is let me try one two three four is this guy's password. Uh, yeah, same combination <laughs> I have on my luggage. Yeah. yeah, like we don't write for the experts unless we're writing for the experts, right? But like when it comes to fiction, uh, you write what is the most entertaining thing for the majority of people, right? Like I think Rick and I think this was before the show, we were talking about the failures of replicators in Star Trek and all the plot holes that exist with why they can create clothes, but then they also give gifts that are clothes, like those things. And Rick brought up his fabricators in the Drop Trooper universe. And, you know, kind of admitted that upon close examination doesn't really make sense. But but there's 12 books that most people don't care that it doesn't make sense because right. they're entertaining books. And that's such a minor squabble to have. I think it only makes only makes a difference if it's central to a certain plot. <laughs> right. And unfortunately, Star Trek has made the replicator central to a couple of different episodes if they just been in the background, I don't think anybody would care. Yeah. I think too that you look at like 
what type of book are you reading? And like, for instance, a lot of us write science fiction faster than light travel is a plot hole like that. Yeah. That doesn't exist. Like, but it's then they plot spoke, hole. A plot hole. That's not what a plot. Well, hole is, it's <laughs> no, it's not a plot hole, but it, it's, it's, you a, know, it's a fictional thing. It's but, yeah, but it's, it's one big lie, right? Like, right. In, but, but I'm saying like, if yeah. you're focused on how come this didn't happen, you're like, they're traveling through space faster than light. They can't do that. Like this, this is a book that is fantastical. Why are you focusing on this over here? It it doesn't matter. I saw one where uh, it was a meme the other day where it was talking about Chief O'Brien in the Star Trek universe. And he's like, you know, the greatest transporter chief that ever existed. And the Klingons were on their ship, whatever. And it's like, and the greatest chief didn't think about transporting them into space. Right? Like, this is a big thing that if you really think about it, yeah. Yeah. anyone's on board that you don't want on board, you transport them into the vacuum of space the threat is over. And right. I was reading this Reddit Instantly thread resolved. of answers. Uh, and one of the answers I thought was genius. Uh, it was that we don't know this, but probably there's a safety measure put in place where you can't accidentally send somebody into, into the, the vacuum. vacuum space. Space. Right. <laughs> Otherwise you'd have the instances of captain Kirk accidentally being shipped off into Starland and he's dead. And so like, you know, you know, where to solve that is if you don't have to like make that how it works, but you just have to have one sentence in one episode that says, well, Hey, why don't we just transform the spec? Well, we, you know, we can't do that. There's safeties. We can't override. And like one person that that once. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But when yeah. you're talking about a franchise that spans, uh, I don't know, nine shows, whatever it is. And decades thousands of episodes like are you going through every one of these episodes to find that someone and, is yeah, someone, someone might, is, yeah yeah no i, I, I actually have someone is and someone has built a website up. around it yeah <laughs> i had a neighbor growing up that thought star trek was a documentary in space now this dude was a little loony he had every episode on vhs and he would i mean you he would die you next to the kids you live next to the kids from galaxy quest yeah, man, this guy was <laughs> right. Um, he thought it was real, man. He thought it was a reality show before reality shows existed, and That's swore, funny. you know, that that existed. Anyway, <laughs> so if we're if we're looking at our own work and we see something that is a potential plot hole or has the potential to throw readers off, uh, to to break, um. <laughs> the the connection uh, that the reader has with the story if it throws them out of the story um, how do we approach fixing that do do we look for ways to immerse them more into the story where that doesn't matter do we try to hem up the plot holes so that uh, we close the uh, you know the, the continuity or um, it, how do you how do you approach those? What, what what's your first you, line you of catch it, If you catch it before it before it's but published, we're talking before publication. Yeah, I mean it's easy to fix the plot hole. You just you change as little as possible in order to make that plot hole not a plot hole anymore. Uh, if it's after it's published, if it's a series, your only choice is to go back later in another book and explain why it wasn't a plot hole, or come up with some reason that people will buy why it's not a plot hole. But. A lot, a lot of times your story, does it totally right. destroy the story? If right. it does, 
I don't know what your answer is. Your answer, I, you don't have an answer. If it doesn't, I, I advocate for sometimes ignoring it. Yeah. Move on. Like I said, sometimes it doesn't matter. But uh, like if you're if if I'm writing a story and I like I found a plot hole, I found many plot holes. Um, sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's not so easy to fix. Um, but sometimes, man, I just sit for a couple of days and write down like what could they do, and I come up with eight different variations on what they can do and how does that apply does that affect something later on in the story does it not and then like rick said try to go with the easiest one because if you can do that and not rewrite a whole bunch of other things you're going to save yourself time especially if it's not a priority plot hole if it's a big plot hole that really 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 affects the story i don't know that i've ever come across something like that because generally those big things I've worked out ahead of time and I understand what I need to make that big thing happen. A lot of times I'll find plot holes, like for instance, the one I was working on last week was an inciting incident that happened off page. And I hadn't, in my mind, I hadn't worked it out because in my mind I was like, I don't need to work it out yet. It, that's something for later because I'm not writing that later. Well, then when I finally got to it, I realized, oh, I should have worked this out ahead of time. So I could have based the actions of this character on what he was trying to do. Um, so in that aspect, it was kind of a big deal, but not the incident itself. Wasn't, it was, how does the character respond to it? Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, you've just really got to take the time to figure out, like we said, is it an, a, is it a big deal? Do you need to worry about it or do you just need to, uh, understand that it's there maybe fix it in the future or just leave it alone because every story every single story that's ever been told has plot holes so it really just depends um on on how much time are you on a time crunch uh you know is it going to affect the overall story in such a big way that people are going to read it and go this is a horrible plot hole i'm never reading a, a book by Josh Hayes again, or am I going to give grace like Steve said and go on? Or is it something that the readers aren't even going to get a catch that the only yeah. reason you're catching it is because you're the writer and you're looking at it through writer's eyes and you're looking at your story going, this doesn't make sense to me. Are the readers going to care about it? I mean, I don't have a beta reader team, but I know a lot of authors that do. And a lot of authors will, you know, say you have 20 beta readers. If five people catch the plot hole and 15 people don't, do you fix it? Now, if 18 people catch it, that's probably something you might want to look at. Not if you have 18,000 sales. 100%. I'm just saying like <laughs> oh, as, as a, as a ratio, as a comparative ratio, right? Sure. If, if only 20% of your readers are, catching it mm, uh it might not be a big thing so i've got a couple of little things in the dragon blood series that that i've struggled a little bit with and andy peliquin and i wrote this together and they're two hundred thousand words each and when you're writing a series together it's often difficult to if i'm being honest sort of remember the things the other person wrote when they're really little details and and so as i'm going through um and finishing up book three here, I'm also listening to book one on audio. And that's when things get difficult for me is when something's already done on audio and I am much bigger on audio than I am anywhere else. My audio matters to me more than my eBooks do. 
Um, I have an opportunity to go back and fix the ebook, but I, I've got no choice with the with the audio. Right. So um, I had two things come up in book three. First of all, book one, um, one of our characters has this cough that we had written in in such a way that it really should have mattered. It was just a character trait. Um, we forgot about it in book two. <laughs> yeah. Right. So in book three, we found a way to explain that somebody had given them a healing draft that whatever it works totally fine. Unless you just focus on book two and you don't get to book three because you're so offended that this cough no longer exists. Another one is the character is the black talent. He's the emperor's assassin and no one's supposed to know about that. And we even say in book one, only certain people know about it. And then in book two, we a little bit forgot that. And one of the characters <laughs> knew. So in book three, I had to go back and make our main character ignorant to the fact that somebody had spilled the beans. It works. Uh, if you read the series, it works. Yeah. But they're my bad. I screwed up. And so you have to ask yourself, okay, can you explain it away? And are you willing to lose a couple of readers that get pissed off in the book that, that, that you forgot about it? I don't know. Okay, can I just say that Steve is holding a snake? I am. I'm just going to – I just want to say that. That's so, insane to me. I've got – This is This is Nagini. Um, and I just got him, and I don't have uh, – I don't have the proper heat set up for him. And I looked over at him and he was really trying to get warm um, on this. Yes, heat because he's Satan's hand puppet. No. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's adorable. You know, I have, um, nothing, I have nothing against snakes as far as like them being, you know, creepier. Or, but the only thing, my, my, son, my son had a snake for a while and that cage Thank like nothing else I have ever so I'm seen. I'm building a vivarium for him that is uh, entirely exists basically without my involvement. Uh, mm -hmm. It poops, it goes into the soil, it feeds the plants. It so the, uh, that'll be the, the goal, and it won't smell. Look, I have a couple of I have a couple of rules that I live by, and these are non negotiables. <laughs> One, never have a pet that can take you. So you know, true. And number two, never have a pet that doesn't have shoulders. Those, those are non-negotiables. Non Look, I know you guys have seen that thing where the like the tail of the snake is like like hanging down from the ceiling and like there's th three or four or five people looking around it. And then the drywall breaks and it's nope. like a 30 foot snake. That's like yeah. it's this big. And you're like, Nope, I'm out nope. gone. Nope. I have no, Nope. I even just, I threw my phone across the room. I, no, I don't nope. deal with that nope. nonsense. Not nope. at all. Nope. 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 So snake aside, um, Steve, you're an editor and a publisher. We we've talked about, what you have done in your writing specifically, but what, what happens when you get a manuscript for someone and there's a gaping hole there that they have not seen? Um, what is your advice to the writer when you see this thing? It's, it's, that's a tough answer because a lot of it for Athon depends on that author's sort of, following right like a lot of our books have gone through deep vetting through patreon royal road whatever it is and if they've got a hundred thousand readers that don't care 
then I don't care. They're rich. Um, <laughs> hey, I mean, truth is truth. Um, now, if it's a new author who is sending in a manuscript for the first time and, and me or one of our editors are glaring, um, we put in a comment and tell them to, send, you know, to, to figure out how to fix this. And oftentimes, I just had one that took two years. Uh, an author took two years to finish um, addressing edits on his manuscript because we found some things that were glaring and altered the course of the entire series. Um, one of the reasons I don't edit anymore, and Josh knows this because he's one of the last people I edited personally. Um, I don't edit anymore because I end up rewriting your story for you. I don't, I don't have any interest in sending you a comment to fix something when I can just do it myself. Um, and that's not an editor's job, but that's that's one of the reasons when I was a full-time editor that a lot of my clients came to me because they knew that I would just fix it. Yep. And it didn't take me long. I mean, I, I write for a living. It's just like, okay, I just had to write a paragraph. We're done. Now the, editor, now the author doesn't have to address it. He doesn't have to figure it out. All he needs to do is look at it and go, I like that or I don't like it and I'll change it, whatever. Yeah. So there's a few different ways to do it. Most editors send a note saying, this doesn't work, figure it out. And here's how I think you could figure it out. I think one of the easiest ways to spot plot holes in your own writing is not only listening to it. I think, Rick, that was a great idea. But also taking, instead of reading it, take each chapter and kind of do the reverse outline. I've done this before, where you take each chapter, you read the chapter, and then you write down bullet points of main plot points. This is what happened. And then as you're going through your book, do a, this happened, so this happened, and this happened, so this happened, and do that for every chapter. And if you can see the string of story connecting those sentences, then you should be theoretically able to find the significant plot holes that you should fix. If you have a chapter that has that you can't go, this happened, so this happened, um, and this is happening for no reason, that's a plot hole. And you need to address that and then, you know, kind of, kind of move on. I've done that several times. Um, uh, and it, and it helps kind of look at, instead of reading all the dialogue and all the description and all that, you break it down to the, the simple bare part of that chapter or that sequence or that scene and go, this happened. I know this happened. I know I need this to happen. Does this equal this? And it's all just a calculation, a, a arithmetic, an algorithm of, of story. Super easy to do with the dabble plot grid, by the way. For sure. Yeah. I love um, dabble. I use it all the time. Absolutely. Well, that is our time for today, folks. Plot holes. Look for them. Decide if they matter or not. And, uh, you know, do better in the next book if that's the, the solution for it. 100%. Thanks, uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you, sir. <laughs> that's our episode for today. There's so much more to come as we talk to authors about the craft of writing, but also the business of publishing. Be sure to subscribe to the StoryCraft Cafe podcast in your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. The StoryCraft Cafe is made possible by Dabble. Writing a book is challenging. 
your writing tool should not be. Dabble is an easy-to-use online writing tool packed with helpful features that allow beginning novelists and published authors to create amazing stories. Visit us at DabbleWriter.com and start your free trial today. Thanks for listening.